Listening to Nobody's Sports Map Radio. It's the Thunder Outsiders Show. Yes, <clears throat> I am up to uh, two packs a day. It's Jerry Ramsey. Get it going. That's right. I am in a great mood today. Is it because we're playing ball today? I have, if you look to your say, I'm about to get in my bag. <laughs> Stevie's Jerry. That's Brandon Rabar. Hey, what's up? Do you know who Brandon Rabar is? Because if you don't, like, what the hell are you doing? At Brandon Rabar. <clears throat> what? Who are you on with this week? Who am I on with this Where did, week? No, you went on to uh, some quasi-national. Oh. Didn't they get you and uh, Ryland Stylus and Talk Thunder? What, who are you on with this yeah, week? Yeah, so it was Fox Sports Australia. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm like an international man of mystery now. Like, I'm going on with all these, uh, you know. It's cool. Like, I've, I've talked to a lot of... You know, radio stations in Europe cheating on you guys with with Europe. That's all right, that's, right? No, it's, it's not it, locally. Well, it's if another zip code, right? Yeah, that's, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, think, that's, that's I think that's the that's the absolute rule. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't me that said that. I think it was ludicrous. <laughs> I believe he's the one that came up with that. So, so you've been in Europe. They drive. They <laughs> well, drive. My voice. My voice and words have been. Yeah, they drive different. and They have bidets. Yeah, they do. Yeah, uh, and then now Australia. Really nice. Yeah, now in Australia, right? Which. Everybody with lineage in Australia comes from criminals. I don't know if you know that. That was not discussed in my (laughs) interview. No, I have. I don't want to get historical on you, but you know that England displaced a bunch of their criminals and stuck them in Australia, and that's kind of where it started. Uh, Do you know that? No, I didn't. There you go. So pretty much everybody that you talk to in Australia's lineage comes from criminals. I double dog dare you to bring that up to Josh Giddy. Like next time you're interviewing. Do you really want to do that with me? No, because you will, <laughs> I mean, and I'm affiliated with you. <laughs> yeah. So no, actually, yeah, I, I don't think yeah. you, I don't think you want to do that. Uh, behind the ones and twos, working diligently. I don't like. Usually, he's just ready to talk and like talk over us. But my man is putting his fingers to the test. Uh, the hopefully leading scorer today, whenever we do play ball, Daniel Bell. Do you say hopeful? I mean, I listen. Things are good if you are going to be the leading scorer. Things have gone horribly wrong. And I don't know if you heard, uh, we had Jacob Niffin on this week. Yeah, yeah. Already, already the defensive assignment, little uh, little Nicky Crane. Oh, wait, wait. So Nicky Crane is going to be on me? or is No, he's going to be on Daniel. Daniel. Nick Crane is? Yeah. Really? Mm. That's what they said. That's what Niff- Niffin... That's, that's their best option? <laughs> that's like, apparently. <laughs> They're six... Listen to this. This is how strong that we've become. Their six, seven guy had to have a baby. Like, and I'm doing my in quotes. Right. Okay, how many kids you got? Two. Could you play ball after you had the kid? I mean, it's not that hard, right? I mean, yeah, I didn't do anything. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I, I lost a little bit of sleep, but... You know, uh, that's about that. it, right? Yeah. Yeah. I could play... I had five of them. I could play ball. <laughs> Daniel, I know you ain't had the pleasure of uh, having a baby yet, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure you'd be able to recover kind of quickly. Yeah, ball is life. There you go. Thank you very much. So... Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're going to be taking on the world. It's uh, the franchise yeah. guys versus the old man game expanded out like a transformer to the franchise guys taking on the world. Yeah, no, it's going to be fun. Like we're taking on a bunch of local OKC Thunder Media. Nick Crane is a uh, writer for Forbes. Uh, Jacob Niffin with the Uncontested. There's there's all these like kind of local podcast guys and 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 writers and and bloggers that we're taking on today. Uh, yeah. Uh, Nick Crane, I, 
very nice. He, he actually was just texting me. I, I don't, I don't want to give anything away, but but is he headed up? Well, yeah, he's he's headed up. Good he, for him. I was he, worried about him showing up. The last text I got from him, though is I've played basketball one time since 2019, so I need to get some Ooh, shots up. Already, already backtracking. Okay, that's fine. The excuses are already coming. I'm 50. So, uh, and I'm still going to be out running like uh, most of the kids out there. There's going to be kids there less than half my age, and I'm going to be running circles around them. <laughs> I don't know how many layups I'm going to make. I don't know how many <laughs> shots I'm going to break, but I will be running circles around those fools. You're listening to the Thunder Outsider Show because you want to hear about the Thunder Outside. That's right. Uh, I changed it from Thunder Insiders to Thunder Outsiders. Here's why. Okay? Let's be honest. The most inside of insiders, right? They're not giving anything up. The Oklahoma City Thunder have not given anything up. Let's go straight back to the draft. And even you, who follow who follow it closer than maybe anybody I know, I mean, Daniel's right there with you, and that's why I associate with you two guys. <laughs> Neither one of you had an, any idea about uh, old Santa, right? Oh, I maintain that Sam Presti's wife had no idea who Sam Presti was taking that night. Like, that's how tight-lipped. <laughs> I mean, no, it's, it's not going to leak. That's why it's always hilarious leading up to, to drafts. People trying to kind of project and guess and and all those things what the Thunder are going to do because nobody knows. So that's why we're Thunder Outsiders, and we're going to continue with that. We're beating on the door. We want to know stuff. Uh, Thunder Brass, if you're listening, go ahead and let us know. Drop drop us a note. We'll keep it. Hey, we will keep it on the down low. And now I think we're the only ones that can really say that. I don't think there's anybody else who uh, who can say that. They're kind of busy right now. So. I want to get there with the draft. All right, Brandon, and let, yeah. let's go here. Uh, all their guys uh, played in Summer League, so let's go ahead. Their guys, they picked. We saw. Tell me tell me who you're impressed with. Uh, Chet's the easy layup here. I right. get it. But some of the other guys that you're impressed with, and then we'll get kind of into where you see some of the other draftees and other guys that they have, the two-way contracts, all that other trying to, you know, Lindy Waters included in right. all that. Like, where are these guys going to end up? But kind of tell me, after all the summer league's gone, what do you think and where do you think some of these guys are? Yeah, I got to start with Chet Hunger. And even though he is the easy layup, just because there were a lot of doubts about Chet when he was taken, everybody was worried about, you know, his frame and how skinny he was. And then right out the gate, you know, he hit four or six threes in that first game. He had six blocks, broke the summer league record for most blocks in a game. First game out. And then, you know, for the rest of Summer League, he, he was one of the best players in Summer League. Uh, he ended up averaging 50, 40, 90 from the field. Uh, you know, it just looked great. I mean, yes, there's that Kenny Lofton game where Kenny Lofton scored, you know. But here's the deal. Everybody forgets Kenny Lofton took a lot of shots to get those points. Yeah, there's a couple couple game, uh, a couple plays where he bodied Chet. There's highlights. Yeah, he bodied Chet a couple times, but... The dude is built like Zion Williamson. There's one dude in the league who has the build that Kenny Lofton does, and, and Chet's not going to have to go against those guys on the regular. And then you see what Kenny Lofton did for the rest of the summer league. I mean, he was great the rest of the summer league. The guy can play. He can get buckets. He's he's a hard cover for anybody. Uh, but the guy that really, really stood out besides Chet would have to be Jalen Williams from Santa Clara. There were two Jalen Williams that the Thunder took. The uh, shooting guard slash small forward uh, he, he, to me, was, you know, I, I did a lot of research on all these guys before the draft. And then, of course, I did more research after the draft on on the Thunderous guys in particular. And there was a reason why J-Dub flew up the draft boards leading up to the draft. I mean, he could do it all. He could handle. He could pass. He could shoot. He was 6'6 with a 7'2 wingspan, the best plus differential of all the wingspans in the draft. And it showed. I mean, it showed in summer league. 
the guy can really play. I think he's going to make a day one impact. Daniel, you want to uh, jump in here on the uh, Jalen Williams love? Yeah, he's, he loves Kobe. Um, <laughs> he wears Kobe's every game. No, uh, that's the reason why I do like him, though. Uh, but, you know, he was fantastic. Uh, defensively is where I was most impressed with him. He showed some special, special talent on that end of the floor. And I had to actually go back and look at all the scouting reports to see if I missed something because from what I saw from the tape of him defensively is where he needed to work the most. And that's what all the scouting reports said. But he looks like he's proving everybody wrong. And it was probably a situation where he had to do too much and they didn't, I mean, he didn't want, really want to play defense because of how much the, low, the offensive load he had to do or had, offensive load he had to carry. But yeah, he's that guy is, He's he's already he's probably the second most NBA ready rookie in the in the draft. All right, so let's go back to you and uh, kind of ask as far as rotationally at right now. I mean, I know it's July. I trust me, it's near my birthday. I for sure know it's July. <laughs> uh, I know it's July, but let's go ahead and talk about rotationally. Where do you see J Dub? Do I have to do the J Dub thing? The good Jalen Williams. <laughs> They're both good. Okay, well the better Jalen Williams. Where do you see him as far as rotationally? Uh. He's probably the, I think he'd probably be the eighth, ninth guy off the bench, which can, and can move up. I think there are going to be some situations where they start him at the four this season. So, I mean, but in between, and he might work work his way up to the six man, but who knows? But there's just a, a bunch there. There's four guys that are starting, going to be for sure starting, and then there's going to be what five or six guys that are going to be in and out of the starting lineup. So he's probably going to be in that bunch. I mean, do you concur with this? Yeah, pretty much. I have him slotted in as the backup small forward. I mean, he can be shooting guard through power forward because of his length. Uh, but, yeah, I have him slot in. Uh, look, I think that uh, Daniel's absolutely right. There's four guys, SGA, Dort, Giddy, and Chet, that's starting day one, like locked in. There's one free open spot right now. I think it's going to end up going to Jeremiah Robinson Earl. Uh, and then, you know, first guys off the bench, I think, you know, it could be Kenrich Williams, Trey Mann, or Jalen Williams. I think he's going to move up. I think he's going to keep moving up. And his upside is, is really, really high. But I, I think he gets heavy rotation minutes uh, from the jump. Before we get out of here for this segment, and we'll talk about some of the disappointments, opportunities. Listen, I've been taking management courses. It's not bad. It's opportunities. Some of the Thunder players that play in Summer League that have opportunities. We'll talk about that in a second. But... Uh, was it Green? Jermichael uh, Green? Yeah, Jermichael Green. We, ba- we barely knew him. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, he gave up some money in the in the buyout. He's going to the Warriors. Um, he actually gave back more to the Thunder when, when he left to the Warriors than Kevin Durant did. So, <laughs> <laughs> didn't play his second for the Thunder. Uh, ended up getting the same return, but getting... Yeah, so the Thunder are only on the hook for $5.57 million. Look, if, if you're wondering, like, why did the Thunder even, you know, Entertain that, yeah. Right. Why did they trade for him in the first place? If he didn't play for a second, they didn't get anything to trade value. Look, look at it this way. They gave up, they're paying $5.57 million in a rebuilding year for a guy that improved their draft pick from number 30 overall this year to five years later. And who knows? Look how much change there's been in five years. Uh, a top five protected pick. I mean, if you project that maybe it improves by 10 to 12 slots. That's a small price to, to move up that much in the first round. So this is basically a savings bond. 
Right. Yeah. That's, 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 yeah, that's, that's what Sam yeah, Presti did with your Michael Green. <laughs> he did one of your grandpa's savings bonds. That's exactly like what today it was. is not worth a damn thing. But hey, 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 just wait until the year of our Lord, 2025. <laughs> that sucker is going to mature. Okay. Yeah. I, I like how I did that. Yeah. All right. That was Brandon Rabar, uh, Daily Thunder and uh, Shooter Supreme. I'm not trying to give too much away, but I mean, we'll give you the playbook, guys. Uh, try to stop them. That is Daniel Bell on the ones and twos. Uh, leading scorer on TV's Jerry. I am the straw that stirs the drink and makes it delicious. You're, oh my you're, gosh. you're a valuable member oh of our basketball gosh. team. I'm Jackie Moon. Damn it! I put more it, than I was gonna say. I put I both of you guys was, no sold the hell out of me. I was on that stalling one. To, to see where that would end up. That's all I could come up with. I haven't figured out where the value is yet, but I, I know he's valuable. More, I'm so, like a savings bond. Yeah. In five years, I'm mature. All right. When we get back, we'll talk about some of the opportunities that Thunder have. You're listening to the Thunder Outsiders Show. I'm Jerry Ramsey. You're welcome. I mean, is there is there is the volume screwed up on this? What are we doing? Some technical difficulties. What well, sounds fine to me? I hear earth and I hear wind. Where's the fire? <laughs> there we go. Okay. Can you get this high on your register, Brendan? No. Absolutely. All right. Huh? Uh-huh. That, that was actually pretty. Decent. What do you got? You got Daniel? Do you, do you have this register? Yeah, but you can't hear. Oh. I don't believe it because if Daniel could, we would hear about it. Oh. We've heard about his baking. <laughs> for a year and a half, I knew that he was a good. You more than heard about it. That's <laughs> true. I could be Philip Bailey. You cannot. I could have. You couldn't wear the stuff they wore. Uh, you, hey, have you met me? <laughs> I'm not scared. Listen, I I could be very fashionable if I wanted to. I'm not scared to wear any of that stupid stuff that Shay. I I'm more fashionable than Shay. No, sure. I. Okay, give me give me a little bit of Shay's bag. Give me a little bit of his pocket money. See what I walk out. You're with. wearing a designer's jock strap. <laughs> Do you want to ask me that again? If I if I had the loot, would I wear a designer jock strap? Well, you could you would you could wear it, but can you wear it? I mean, Shay couldn't wear it either. So. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, literally, I'm like I said, I'm literally getting in my bag. I got my Louis bag with all my jerseys in it today. It might and, be fake. It's no. Whoa, 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 whoa. What did I tell you about fake bags? Do you know how you know a bag is fake? Who's carrying it? And if you know I'm carrying it, you know what's up. I got this straight from, I got this from the good side of old Paris. Old Paris flea market? <laughs> so don't tell me what's fake. Old Paris, that lady old Paris told me it was, it was like real. Is old Paris still around? Oh, you're darn right it is. Kelly nice. Gray goes every weekend. Does he really? That's yes, awesome. he does. All right, Daniel, you start us off. I talked a lot, and I shouldn't be talking. I, I work for a living uh, in this last segment. Give us some of the opportunities of some of the guys that played in Summer League, uh, guys that you think have something to offer, but it just didn't show in Summer League. Well, Trey Mann is probably at the top of the list. Uh, he did not have a good summer, but he was coming back from COVID, so I'll play devil. Okay. Um, Distracted by what's going on in here? Okay. Uh, So I'll I'll play devil's advocate and say that that was the reason. But, yeah, he didn't have a good summer. Um, He's probably the only one, actually. Everybody, I mean, Poku, outside of him and Poku, those are the two only only two guys that you would think that would get rotation minutes and didn't really help themselves. But everybody else, I think, kind of helped themselves. Aaron Wiggins had a great summer, summer league. Um 
Did you say Aaron Wiggins? I did say Aaron Wiggins. Aaron Wiggins had a great summer league. Yes. He did. Did you not? You probably don't know because you don't watch basketball. <laughs> <laughs> Too busy changing jerseys. <laughs> did you get distracted because I changed my jersey? Yeah, I was did trying he to just, figure out what you were doing. Two feet away from me. He's going bare-chested. Yeah, all that hair. True. Hey, the true story is, too, I have to have my back to the camera because you can't show your nipples on uh, Twitch. That's not me. That's That's a Twitch thing. Anyway, Soccer Chad 100 said Jerry Lowkey Swole. <laughs> Are we on Twitch? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that's why you change jerseys in here. Well, yeah, well, and like I said, that's why I have my back guy. Yes, you get you get all the nip action. I don't think Chloe wanted to see that. Chloe didn't. Chloe's like she has her head down. She's working. She doesn't I know that's why I'm in here and she's in there. Yeah, I do not want to see that. Okay. <laughs> at all. Okay. Um and yeah, I'm somewhat working. <laughs> and she said she was traumatized. She is calling HR. I have PTSD. I'm trying to I'm trying to talk her out of it so you can keep your job. Jeff. You know what? Good for her. We don't have HR, so. <laughs> anyway, so Aaron. Okay, so Aaron Wiggins is a guy that you because honestly, whenever it comes to and we talked about this guy in the first segment, J Dub, and a part of me thinks that he's actually kind of passed him in the rotation. If I'm looking at it from the outside in, that J Dub's passed Wiggins. Yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah. think so. I mean, like for. He was a number 12 overall pick, so he's a lottery pick. And Aaron Wiggins, you know, regardless of the promise that he showed last year, he's still number 55 overall pick going into his second year. J-Dub's definitely higher priority. Uh, so, yeah, I would say, and, and then just based on, you know, skill and upside, I would definitely say J-Dub. As far as guys that, uh, you know, didn't have a great summer, but I think have more in their bag, uh, the guy, I agree with Trey Mann, although his last game was really, really solid. He had a really, really good last game, so that was good to kind of show that, you know, he's still got it. There's nothing to worry about there. But Ushman Jang, you know, the number 11 overall pick that the Thunder traded three future protected picks for, uh, he struggled uh, the first few games, and there's kind of, you know, some some doubts coming out from, from fans, I think. Like, what did they do? Why did they take this guy? Uh, but his last game was really, really good as well. And then ended up he didn't play the last game because he had a small fracture in his wrist. He'll be back by training camp. But I, I think he's got really high upside and has more than he showed. I don't think he was going to play or that much in the, in the regular season. I thought he was going to be a G League guy. Yeah, I mean, he might be. It's so weird because, you know, he was a number 11 overall pick, and this is still a rebuilding team, even though I think that we all agree that they'll be more competitive this year. I think that he'll be like a lot of the guys the last few years that have bounced back and forth between the Thunder and the G League. I, I think that's what we'll see from Jing this year. Okay, talk about some of these G League guys and, and some of these... Okay, first and foremost, Poku's going to go to the G League, correct? This is, my, this is my statement whenever I've seen this. He played in the Utah... What, did, what was the Utah one called? They had a funky name to it that was better. Like City? <laughs> no, it was like the something classic or whatever. Like, he had a really cool name, but it's like, no, it was in Utah. Uh, but he played in Utah. Didn't... I'm, listen, I've watched enough Thunder basketball where I, I'm not going to say he didn't look great. He looked like Poku. He just right. looked like an average Poku game. Brandon, he's, he's too far along in his career to be, at this point in his career, a actual G League guy. And I'm one of the few guys that understand how young he is. Yeah, that's the thing. It's it's easy to forget because he's going into his third year now, this upcoming season. But he's still really... He was younger than a lot of the guys taken in this draft. That's how young he was when he first came out. So he was intended as a raw development project all along. We knew that. He's shown flashes especially the second half of 
last season. But yeah, I mean, he's he's still raw. He's still developing. And, you know, what we saw in the Summer League was kind of typical. I have no idea what the plan will be with, with Poku this year. I know the Thunder's still invested in him, but he is going into his third year, so he does need to show improvement. And I think he'll get a chance with some rotation minutes, but it's it's getting really crowded for rotation minutes in the Thunder lineup, especially the position he plays. And so, yeah, I think we'll also see him in the G League this year as well. I think he'll bounce back and forth. Daniel, I'll start with you, and then you can follow up if, if, if there's something Daniel says that, you know, pisses you off. Uh, but, I mean, okay, so Poku is, is a project. We all agree on that, correct? Is Poku, though, the kind of project that you're okay with Sam Presti taking? Because in my own personal opinion, I think that that's a Presti project. He liked that guy, and he said, hey, we're getting that guy. You guys develop him. Um, you know, damned whatever we need to do because we're going to be developing anyway. And so he brought him over, and he's always going to get that chance because he's a Presti pet. Do, do Is the Presti pet here, like, even if it's not going to pay off, are you okay with Presti doing stuff like that? Um, Once in a while, but not when you reach up to get a guy at 17 that was slotted late first round, early second round. So, like, I had him t- going to the Thunder at 30. And they traded up to get him at 17. So when you do that, I think that it needs to work out and it needs to, the process needs to happen a little bit sooner. But if he took him at 30, I'd be okay with it. But not in this, since he didn't, then I'm like, okay, this needs to either end or get better. Are you you okay with Presti doing what he does? I I know I'm asking you to be critical of Presti, and that doesn't get you closed-door meetings with this guy and and apps. I know, I know it doesn't, but still, I'm a little critical here. I I think that he found a favorite pet. He found a toy that he wanted to play with, and it really has not been beneficial to the Thunder. Well, Poco did rise up draft boards, just like we saw a lot of these guys this season rise up draft boards because of the physical tools and the potential and the upside. And when you're picking, especially, you know, the Thunder had late picks that year. When you're picking late, you're, you're taking swings. And I'm okay with it. it. It all goes back to, like, the Giannis. Like, everybody looks back and, like, why didn't the Thunder take Giannis at number 15? Like, it seems obvious now, but you got to remember, Giannis played in the same division of, of Greece basketball that Poku played in. And he was skinny. He was raw. A lot of people passed on him. And so you're taking like the upside, you're taking the potential. You're going to miss a lot when you do that. But if you hit, then you get a seven footer that can dribble and pass the ball and play make, and has a bunch of skills at, at that frame. It's just very, very rare. So I'm okay with those. It's the same thing with Usman Jang. You don't want to be the team that passed up on a Giannis type player in the mid lottery, in the mid teens of the uh, first round. Yeah, I don't. I think it was kind of obvious to take Giannis. <laughs> like, but he went 15. Well, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, like, 14, 14 teams. other teams didn't yeah. think so. Yeah. That's what I said. Like, everybody thinks four. so now. But I'm not was. saying, like, obvious at number one. But I think it was like, you got to that point where, like, this kid is 6'11 and looks like he can really do something. But I'm saying, like, it, it was obvious to take him at where the Thunder were that year, whatever. For the 12 that year, they, they took yeah. Uh, yeah. Adams, right? Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I mean, but I will say that when you're taking guys right there and you have two all-stars already, or, yeah, two all-stars already and just got rid of a, for a future all-star, it's a lot harder to develop that guy. Like, I don't think there's any team that has drafted an all-star while two all-stars have already been on the team. So, does Giannis become Giannis if, when he's playing with Katie and Russ? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Probably not because 
he wasn't even like he wasn't even Giannis in the beginning. And Jabari Park, they took Jabari Parker uh, getting hurt for him to actually get those development development. So I will play uh, devil's advocate there because you have Katie and Russ. You don't need another. All, you don't need another All Star. You need those complimentary pieces, which Stephen Adams was. And Stephen Adams was a good pick. I mean, and, picking uh, Stephen Adams. I mean, at twelve, it worked. That's, that's, it worked that's a out successful really thing. well. He's, I don't know. He's, yeah. Compared to Giannis, obviously, no, he's not, not even compared. I'm just, but I'm picking a guy to be your starting center, and him never being able to have a double double. Oklahoma City Thunder um, on and off the court. It worked yeah, off out. Off the it, court, yeah. It worked out incredibly court, well. Give me ten and ten. Like, that's fine. That's I hear what you're like, doing. It was like point two oh, away like, from ten and ten. There's a, and it should have been perennial ten. There's and 10. a blanken mural of him. His <laughs> mustache was a big deal. Uh, I'm telling you, sometimes in a market like this, your ten and ten, you nerd, would be great. But off the court, it actually I'm worked out incredibly dumb. well. Yeah, I'm, I mean, look, three it, years in a row, he was like at 14 points and then like between 9 eight, to 9.5 yeah, yeah. rebounds. Yeah. Give me, give me one more. And good, defense, one more and good defense. It wasn't great defense. I said good. I said good. And not to mention, Wes unselled like uh, full court passes that actually won, okay. that won a game or two. <laughs> Am I the only one that remembers the Minnesota game? Fine. Whatever. We can always point out one game of Andrew Bennett's career and say he was great. <laughs> he was, and he was here. <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. All right, what else happened to the franchise? Real quick, before we get out of here, we can't play the audio, but it looks like Kevin Durant has made his TikTok debut. Uh, yeah, go ahead and look. Up. We can't play the audio. Did this happen today? Yeah. It's I have not I've seen it. Uh, in, intern Chloe, I need you to look up Kevin Durant on Twitter and tell him that you can help him with his... T- you're helping me with our TikTok, <laughs> that you can help him with his TikTok. He... Not it's not good to start off with. Okay, sound good? Am I gonna? Uh, there we go. Hey, Daniel. Hey. There you go. I'm not gonna let you keep pressing me up like this. Can I get a pleaser thing and thank you? Oh wow! Unbel- unbelievable. <laughs> hey, I've just you know I've realized my worth here. I'm. You real? This is your worth? Okay, let me tell you something. Intern, I mean, do you, do you know what scum is? Intern, the next step. That you would use back it, in your day. In turn, is the next step up. We'll get you from there up to to speed. But please, could you hit up Kevin Durant? Yes. Okay. Don't hit up Katie. Please, yes. <laughs> Do not hit up Katie. What else? Seven seven. The franchise. When we get back, we'll get a little more NBA centric. There's a couple things going on with KD and mm-hmm. with some other guys that is just a mess in our beloved association. When we get back, we'll talk about all that stuff. You're listening to the Thunder Outsiders. register again i'm really thinking about putting together a karaoke like get together next month i would i've won karaoke contest before what that's a, you don't know that about me how do you win a karaoke contest there's a contest and they <laughs> select the winner like the, there's a crowd like or who, who picks the winner was there actually, judges there are judges actually was it some, all, some local radio personality was it all your twitter judges. followers <laughs> well you know how that works right his army it was before I was on Twitter. Well, stop having bad takes. That is not. And they will stop coming I'm, after you. My, okay, here's the thing. Okay, hey, hey, before, 
explain to everybody no, what the take is. It wasn't a take. It was a fact. Like what you, what you say is a fact and what I say oh, is a fact. Okay. But what you say is more, it, it favors the thunder more. Let me try this again. I, I don't even know what take you're talking about. So the one where I said that. The take is your take, right? Shut up, Jerry. <laughs> the, the one where I said, um, the, were you, were, were you like, you'd rather be the Nuggets or have the Nuggets pick or whoever's pick uh, the, the, uh, than the, uh, the Bucks pick? Oh, yeah. And I was like, yeah. those are both likely to be later uh, in the mid mid to late 20s. And then you were like, well, I'd rather be the the Bucks or the Nuggets. You then, ended up agreeing with me. I did, but <laughs> the thing <laughs> is... What are we talking about? The thing is, your followers came after me before I agreed with you. <laughs> so it made it seem like I had to agree with you so they would leave me alone. Hold on. Daniel Bell, by the way, at uh, Basketball Guru, Big D... Really big D, the most capital you can get, uh, is the only person I know that will absolutely uh, like argue with you and agree with you at the same time. Yeah, yeah that is true. And that, that we've had we've had whole radio shows <laughs> where it seems like we're arguing, and then he's it's like he's like agree. He won't will talk about you know this is dumb. This is dumb. Here's my point. Here's my point. It's dumb. It's dumb. But I agree with you 100. <laughs> percent what? It's not 100. percent It's more like 85. <laughs> I gotta give some room there. I'm, I'm, I like to play devil's advocate and play both sides. Oh my gosh! But there's a difference between that and just being inc- incredulous. Whatever. Unbelievable. I got to look up what incredulous because I think that's right. <laughs> what I'm trying to say that you are. Um, okay. So what was the, what was the t- it was a, between a Den- this is the most nerdiest boring take <laughs> between a Denver and Milwaukee. This is what you guys well, are doing. What it comes out. It actually is relevant for today because the the Jamichael Green buyout news. Uh, it was it was for what the Thunder took on for Jamichael Green. They improved. Uh, they got the 2027 Nuggets pick, top five protected. And the other one was was a Bucks pick, like in 2025, 2024, uh, that somebody else traded for. And I was saying the Thunder got better value. Uh, and it is. I mean, you you want to pick five years later, and you'd rather have the Nuggets five years later than the, the Bucks two Hold years on. from now. There's a better chance for that pick to be better. So we got other big-time podcasts asking if you know who Mark Dagnall is. And we're arguing <laughs> over 2027 and 2025 picks. Somebody, we go, we go deep here. Somebody no deep is a cuts. little more deep into it. We've yes. already started looking at the draft prospects for like next year. Unbelievable. Is it Scoop? What's his name? Scoot? Scoot. Scoot. Scoot Scooch? What's his name? It's a very deep draft. This is probably is deeper deep than, than the 2021 draft. Well, it the, is. Which I was excited because the Thompson Twins. And yeah. I don't know about Dude, you. hold me now. Like uh, Doctor, Doctor. We can do this. Every <laughs> single, seriously, yeah. Seriously. Every single time I see people saying Thompson Twins, talking about the NBA draft. Like, people who follow the NBA draft in basketball but are also like 80s kids and love 80s music. I, I can't, every time I see Thompson Twins, I automatically go to the, to the group. Okay, tell me, Daniel, because you are a little younger than Brandon and I, that you know who the Thompson Twins nope. are. About to find out. Though. Hold Me Now is the jam. Now, is it legitimately a great song? Are you kidding? The beginning of that thing and just how it evolves into what it does and the, ba- the bass line. Oh. I mean, if you like bass, oh. Yeah. You know, of all like the 80s hits, you know, there's been some forgotten hits and there's been some that have kind of lived on sure. and had legacies. For some reason, Hold Me Now has kind of been forgotten. Dr. Doctors. I, there we I go. think the Thompson Twins in general have yeah. been forgotten. Here we go. Uh huh. It's getting. I, I think it was a diverse band too. I think there was. Which one is the twin? Is the black guy or the girl and the guy? <laughs> I don't know. It should have been the Thompson triplets. I don't know. They're not twins at all. In the eighties, we were clever. 
This doesn't sound good. This hold on, like hold on. Music. What'd you say? It was? Sounds like reading rainbow music. What's wrong with reading rainbow, rainbow music? Like first the, of all, I like the, not for to listen to. It. There we go. Uh, what's that bass? There we go. Uh, didn't it make you wanna? Uh, I, uh, I'm gonna uh, make a guess here and say that this song came out before uh, Chloe the intern was born. Eighty-three. Nope. Were they one-hit wonders? No, they had a slew of hits. They had a, there were about three hit wonders. Um, Chloe likes it. She's yeah, gonna... I actually know this song. It's a really good song. It's a, would you say it's a banger? In that time, yes, but <laughs> if I'm wanting something more relaxing to listen to, then I mean... I'll put it on. There you go. So there you go. There you, go. you know, we didn't get to the chorus. Lay your hands on me. That's yeah, that right. was their other one. King yeah. for a day. They sung. Oh, Do- is that Doctor Doctor? Yes. Give me the whatever. No, that's no, Robert that's, Palmer. Okay, yeah. well then, not on, that's probably not. And one. then there's uh, oh, the. If you were here. Yeah, that's the one for sixteen candles. That's right. That's a jam right there. King for a day. Yep. Lies. Lies. Oh, lies. 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 Yeah, yeah. See, slew. Love yeah. on your side. I don't know that one. Yeah, I don't know. You take me up. Nope. No. I think we're done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, everything then is rotating. Is it "Get That Love"? I think "Get That Love" is their last. Like in 1989, that was like their last top 40 hit. So I'm telling you though, it, because NBA draft now they're talking about the 2023 draft. The Thompson <laughs> twin. There's two brothers. Yes, Amen, and I think it's Aurora Thompson uh, are going to be in the 2023 draft. They're probably both going to be top 10 picks. So we're going to hear Thompson twins over and over again. All the 80s kids are going to be all messed up every time they see it. So, Win Banyana is the guy. And right now, okay, so let's do this in the end of July. And it's going to change as we go along. Right. And we'll see other teams uh, get into the race, kind of like Grand Prix. Uh, here we go. Right now, who is in the lead in the Win Banyana sweepstakes? I'd say it's the San Antonio Spurs. They, they gave up DeJounte Murray uh, for picks. And, of course, you know, weren't criticized for it at all because of the Spurs. That's fine. Uh, so passive aggressive. <laughs> no, I get why they did it, but uh, a little double standard, but that's fine. Uh, <laughs> uh, but they don't really have anybody else on the. I mean, they they just resigned Keldon Johnson, uh, Pirtle. I mean, that, but as far as like top, in, you know, because the Rockets have more talent than they do now. The Thunder have more talent than they do. Uh, the Magic do now. Utah Jazz is a dark horse here. They already traded away Rudy Gobert. Of course, it looks like they're going to trade away Donovan Mitchell. Um, and then Mike Conley would be next. I mean, they're they're going to break it down. So I think that the Jazz and the Spurs will end up being the two worst teams in the NBA next season. What do you got, uh, Daniel? Concur. Oh, that's it? Just concur? Yep. Uh, the Pacers, if they get rid of, because there's talks of Buddy Hill Buddy and, and uh, Miles turning to the yeah. Lakers, which they said those talks were dead because Lakers don't want to give up two first-round picks. But... If they give up those two guys, then they're probably for sure going to be in that in that range. Pacers made a run this year for the top three. Yeah, and then, and I agree with Daniel, but then their baseline is already only so low because they have Tyrese Halliburton. So I mean, like, there's only so low they can get because he's better than anybody that the Jazz or the Spurs are going to end up having. And a dark horse uh, rookie of the year candidate. I, I, you love Matherin, don't you? Yes, I do. Yeah. 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 So that's a that's a, a super dark horse, by the way. Super super dark horse. Uh, obviously, Jaden Ivey is the leader in the club. Am I wrong he here? Super dark horse. He, like, he's like six. He's only saying that because of Jaden Ivey. Jaden Ivey is the yeah. Right now, in my on my list, like out is, of all the guys, he like Jay, for three minutes of summer league, we have no idea how Jaden Ivey. He, ha- he probably has the most talent around him besides Chet. You mean like Josh yeah. Giddy? Yeah. 
I said besides no, Chad. He said, he said besides Chad. Uh, no, what I'm saying that Brandon's trying to get business about Jaden Ivey. Josh Giddy, what? He made one oh, good pass year? and turned last his year? damn yeah, ankle? Yeah, 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 tell me about Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, no I, uh, uh-huh. I'm really high on Jaden Ivey. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to be really, really good. Uh, his athleticism is is next level, and him and and Kate are going to be a fun one-two backcourt. But but yeah, I'm with Daniel. If I was picking rookie of the year, I want to choose him because he's got a lot of talent next to him. So his numbers can't be you know quite as inflated as those guys. I mean, like Paolo Bancaro, Keegan Murray. I mean, these guys are going to get such high usage. Uh, so I don't know. Well, uh, that, Keegan Murray, I don't know. Yeah, he's still got to share with. Pick. I mean, third, uh, fourth pick, third option. I mean, yeah, he's going to be a third option. Yeah. Absolutely. But Jaden Ivey is currently fourth at plus six fifty. Well, I'll take it. Go Chet right now. Second, which is crazy. Well, he's the second pick. Apollo one and Chet two. Yeah. Tabari three. Yeah. Then Jaden Ivey, Keegan Murray. Are you just reading Bennett. what was drafted? No. And then this <laughs> <laughs> what it looks like. <laughs> it just, somebody didn't look like they put much work into this. <laughs> it's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Nine, You're running out ten. of fingers. He's eleven. I mean ten. Yep, see. He's ten. Jalen Williams the second is twelve. Is that the good Jalen yeah, Williams? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I mean Chet moved up to one after that. First, first summer league game, yeah. but then moved down to two. But I think he was originally third, moved up to first, and I think he settled in at second, which which I think that's fair. I think that here, and you, here's my bold prediction. I think Chet will be the leader in the clubhouse for rookie of the year until January, and they sit him down. And then he won't even be in the top five rookies. That I, is I don't, something. I don't think that'll happen. That year. is something the Thunder are great at. The Thunder are great about hyping up their rookie and then just wiping them off the face of the earth. That only happened once, Josh Giddy. Oh, there's a change four days ago. It oh. changed to Paolo and Chet both being plus 350. Hmm. Oh, so it's tied at number one. Jaden Ivey moving to plus 500. You were in Vegas. I should have given you some money to <laughs> bet Jaden Ivey for it, me. It wouldn't have, uh, you did yourself a favor. Yeah. <laughs> My you damn bet would have been bottle service. Yeah, that's what it went to. <laughs> Jerry, got bad news. It lost. How do you know? <laughs> Just trust me. You're not getting your money back. <laughs> All right, we talked to a ton of young guys here. Let's go ahead and talk about a dinosaur. Uh, Russell Westbrook sucks. And we all know that Russell Westbrook sucks. Oh, jeez, uh, here the, we go. The decline of his, uh, and, and actually I'm paraphrasing for Dylan Buckingham, my co-host, on TV on the radio. The decline of his skills, you can obviously see it in your eyes. Uh, he did not fit with the Lakers, but it's not just he didn't fit. He's terrible now, too. Uh, that's not me talking. That is Dylan Buckingham. Those are national guys that's talking. That's weird because I usually agree with Dylan. <laughs> I don't agree with him on this, but I but do. Russell Westbrook right now not only um, is he untradeable, he's also uncoachable from a guy who hasn't even coached the damn team yet. Sounds like there's pushback. I loved it. Oh my gosh! Can I tell you how much I loved listening to Darvin Ham in summer league? And he was talking about how excited he was to have Russell Westbrook. And he's like, the plan we have, first of all, a bulldog on defense. is like, check, no. Uh, also, we are going to give him an opportunity off ball, right? Setting screens, uh, being a monster in transition. I'm like, check, no, check, no. That's just a bad plan. Um the off-ball part. Has Darvin Ham not seen any film on Russell Westbrook in the last five to six years? Well, okay, I don't even know where to start with this. Where, where do you want me to... <laughs> I can start. <laughs> you said off, so many things that were wrong, I don't know where to go. First off, the they didn't fit. It's just wrong. Like That's, that's a lazy take. That's taking two guys that you would think, okay, yeah, these guys don't fit, but when they actually played, they fit really well. It's just Russ just couldn't hit shots. 
and LeBron wasn't giving effort. Lord, Russ, Russ was giving effort on defense. He just sucked on that end of the floor. But LeBron wasn't getting effort on defense, and then Anthony Davis wasn't in the lineup. So, I, like, they fit. It's just Russ wasn't, hit shot, wasn't, wasn't hitting shots. And then he was on the court with with uh, Rondo and Dwight Howard, which is which is dumb. But like they they fit if Russ if Russ was if Russ shot sixty percent or if he hit if he hit seventy percent of his layups which is probably as low for a guy the Lakers are probably better but he just missed he missed a lot of layups so they they fit the like it worked with LeBron LeBron loved him because he made LeBron's job easy LeBron didn't average thirty points last season if it wasn't for us but it doesn't fit you know, the stuff with Darvin Ham yeah that's that's just. I don't, I don't know why you would want to say, yeah, Russ, go play off the ball when you saw LeBron was so great off the ball last year and you don't want LeBron at 38 in year 20 having the ball in his hands that much. It doesn't sound like smart, but I'm not an NBA coach. And then lastly, I just want to say that to your face, Brandon, it was so beautiful watching you get cooked by Lakers. <laughs> it was, it was it funny. Was, it was beautiful. And you agreed it with was, me. You agreed totally with Once my again, take. agreed yeah, with the take. agreed with my take. Yeah. And just somehow makes but, it, yeah. yeah but yeah. it was still beautiful to see Brandon get cooked like that because it, it couldn't happen to a nicer person. No, I appreciate that. I appreciate, yeah, look, I did, I did get cooked. Now, look, a lot of people agreed with me, but, man, those Lakers fans did not. I got roasted by Lakers fans because, look, all I said was uh, – you know, to sum it up, the gist of it was, imagine you go to work every day. You're the only guy that shows up for work every day because Russ was the only guy that played all, every game last year for the Lakers. Uh, he missed one game, by the way. Anthony Davis and LeBron both played that game, and they lost to the tanking, ta- uh, tanking trailblazers. Uh, imagine you show up to work every day. You put in 100% effort, and uh, your top two employees are out. And then when your company comes in under projections... You get a hundred percent of the blame, which is really pretty much what happened. I mean, like if you look at it, Russ got all the blame. He's the only dude that shows up. LeBron missed a third of the season. Anthony Davis missed half of the season. Look, I'm not saying that Russell Westbrook was was great this season. That's what I'm saying. I even followed up saying, "Hey, I'm, Russ gets some of the blame. He just shouldn't get all of the blame." But when you look on, you know, national talk shows, national talking heads, and you know, apparently Lakers fans, Russell Westbrook was the cause of every single loss last season. That's just not true. He's been, I mean, he's he's always been a... Uh, he's a lightning rod. Yeah, he has, and that's exactly what I was trying to find, too. Lightning rod. Uh, except for maybe Washington half the season. Yeah, because Thunder fans hated him until KD left in, and they all deleted all their tweets. I will put my hand up and absolutely 100% agree with that. Do you know how many nights at a post game that had to have arguments with guys about... Like you know, and, and I would I would say very you know very softly. What if Russ stays? Oh, shut up, blah blah blah. He can't wait to get out of here. He can't wait to go play for the Lakers. He can't. This is like 2014 that we're having these conversations, and then you know, and then you see what happened, and you know how history happens. And I just kind of smiled in 15 or 16. I'm like, oh, okay, well. And he's walking, you know, like Moses to uh, the Chesapeake at the time, where they're just splitting, you know, to, to give him all that big money and the contract and whatever. I just... That was the the loud minority. It was the... Okay, I, yes. That was the loud minority. I, that was definitely not the majority of, of Thunder fans. All right, listen, I, uh, Russell Westbrook was a problem. He was a problem. He was, um, 
I don't. Okay, th- you got to clarify. I don't think. I don't. I don't think. I don't think he played well with others. I think others had okay, to. So he's not a good problem. No. Well, no. I'm just saying that people had to conform around him. And you look at some of the talent he had. And you mean on court or off court? Uh, on court for sure. Okay. This is where they, I'm going. They went first. to four Western Conference Finals and a Finals. No, post KD, they didn't get a damn thing done. They, I mean, they they still made the playoffs every year. Yeah, but I mean, but got they up, underachieved very much so underachieved. Except for the, except for the first year after Katie, the year he won the uh, MVP, they they probably overachieved. Yeah, they year. overachieved that season. For but sure. after that, they definitely underachieved. The, the two Paul George teams underachieved. Yeah, so and Paul George was a reason for that too. Yeah, it was a big part of it, but Paul George also had to change his game because of Russ. Yeah, did he? He, he had his a, best like, third season game. ever. Oh my he literally gosh. had his best season like, ever next to Russ. Like shooting, how much you got to change your game when you like have four points or whatever it was in a playoff game? You're getting stopped by by uh, what's his name, the Paul George stopper from Utah. Oh, Joe uh, Ingles. Yeah, Joe, yeah, that had nothing to do Joe with Russell Ingles. Westbrook. Yeah, that's that's he had to change his game because of that. Like he was an MVP candidate. A legit MVP. So are we blaming his fin- shoulders? He finished top three. Is it was Paul George's best? No, Paul George's shoulders. Andre Robertson got hurt that year. They were like they were a different team once. Andre Robertson. Got I agree. With Carmelo that. Anthony got way too many minutes. Jeremy Grant should have got more minutes. There was a lot of issues and reasons why that team underperformed. It wasn't just Russell Westbrook. He was a problem. No, like. I, I just, okay, so when Sam Presti lets him go, by the way, it was, I mean, a, it was the perfect dis, uh, dissolve of, of a marriage. Because. Oh, we, I, I think the time was great. I, I yeah. think what the Thunder got for us, Westbrook, was, was fantastic. And I think the timing, mutual split was perfect. That doesn't, All those hap- things. That doesn't happen if there's not some problems. I, I, what do you mean? Once you leave, once Paul George is going to LA, you yeah, have like, to rebuild. Like, you, you can't just have Russell Westbrook and nothing else. You get. The 2016 team again, which was great and fun, but it's a worse version because you don't have some of those guys. And Russell Westbrook is past his prime at this point. You're creating a problem where there wasn't one. Like he wasn't a, like he wasn't a bad problem in OKC because I mean he was all they had at that point. After you get rid of uh, get rid of Melo, you get rid of, and then you try to make it work with just Paul George and and Russ. You see it doesn't work, and then when you see things don't work, it's not Russ's fault. Uh, Paul George got hurt, and he didn't play that well. So the culture, you, see, you the, see, it doesn't work. The culture of Oklahoma City at the time, and tr- and I was in the locker rooms, and I covered the team pretty close, kind of like you guys do now. Only I was doing it back then. Okay, the we cu- do it better. The culture was a lot different. Things were starting to feel like, and I, I would say this on the radio all the time: things are starting to feel like a NBA team. This isn't the fresh face, like new, you know, college feel Oklahoma City Thunder. Russell Westbrook, Carmelo Anthony, and Paul George together, it made it a like we were covering a team in Atlanta or New York or whatever. They they gave off that vibe, and they ain't done a damn thing yet. That's a culture problem. That's, that's a problem. I don't think it's and, a culture problem. And it spilled over into some of the younger players. I don't think it's a culture I think that's just a problem where it's an issue thing where you try something and it doesn't work. Which And I give credit for to Sam Presti for trying something because you absolutely got to try something, especially being in a small market. Like, But it just didn't work. Like The Lakers tried it with, those, uh, with, with these guys now. They tried it with Carmelo uh, 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 and Gary Payton. The Nets tried it with... With KD, Kyrie, and Harden, it didn't work. Like sometimes you try things and it doesn't work, but you got you have to try, and is it like it just didn't work? I don't think that's a culture thing. It's just it just didn't work. Yeah, I'd agree. I agree, I agree to disagree. 
you agree to be wrong. <laughs> See, you do that all the time, and I'm right. I know what you're doing. No, you're wrong. I am. I'm right. not. A, I'm arguing with you, and I'm not saying you're. <laughs> I agree with you. Saying you're, you're definitely wrong. One hundred seven seven. The franchise. That's Brandon Rabar. That is Daniel Bell. I did that on purpose and had him uh, last. Uh, <laughs> in the next hour, we'll get into a uh, a lot of the stuff with the Oklahoma City Thunder uh, going into the season. I don't know. We might kind of very often talk. It is football season. We might just talk a little football. Brandon, I don't know this about you. I know this about Daniel. Are you a fantasy football guy at all? Oh, big time. Okay. Yeah. So maybe we can touch on in the next hour or so a little bit on fantasy football. Yes, we'll talk a little bit more about getting in our bag and taking on T's and P's to all the bloggers and uh, podcasters that aren't, one, brave enough to show up, but still... I'm skeptical that some won't show up. <laughs> so I, I've got confirmation from Nick Crane that they've got four guys, and then uh, Derek Parker from the Oklahoman is going to be their fifth guy, I think. So we got, yeah, we got we got guys for them. And then the, but they're going to say, you guys have backups, and you have substitutes. Well, I mean, we, we just prepared better. We, we, just pre- we, can, we can give them our backups and substitutes. We can give them Jerry. Let's give him Jerry. <laughs> Star I'm just kidding. You're you're a very important, valued member. So you're saying of our give, team. It, give them Christine and Reeves. They <laughs> can have Chloe. Chloe. No, Chloe is uh, our what you call it. She's our coordinator. She's going to be running the music. She's going to be taking video. She's gonna, like Chloe has a lot on her plate today. And also, I want to be the replay helper. So if I'll be recording, if anyone thinks that. A play needs to be re-looked at. You come to me. Okay, so oh, you give me like a ref. Chloe, like do you know, do you know what this, do you know what this is? This means that they want an instant replay. Yeah. No, this is what Chet does constantly. <laughs> I found Jerry's value on our team. I knew that we were gonna find Jerry's value. You can be. Our, <laughs> you'll disagree and get us like. Are you the calls? shirt back on i even sat in the wrong chair <laughs> sitting in like the the little kid's chair right now by the way i love george benson he has some jams figured I, you would i do dig the music you're playing it's no thompson twins but i dig it he has a song called turn your love around yeah. when i was eight years old it was a jam that's still a jam as i got older it Oh. <laughs> has a brand new meaning. <laughs> it is the Thunder Outsiders show. It's Brandon Rabar. It's Daniel Bell. You guys, okay, so some stuff's going on right now that you guys are going to love, right? Uh, it, it sounds like uh, Mrs. Ramsey's car is overheating right now. So do I back out now? Do I just cancel the whole thing? On the basketball game or on helping your wife? Because I have... You know what's legitimate is that that's an actual question. Yeah, I really don't know what you mean. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a real question. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Is, is she like stranded somewhere? Do you need to leave this show? She is. I'm looking to see where like I'm trying to pinpoint in my head where she's at. She's probably about five minutes away from the house. Car's overheating. So she may have to truck home and just barely make it. Oh. But... You sound like a joy to live with. <sighs> well, see, why do you say that? You could definitely leave to go help your wife. I'm concerned about her, but that's a grown Are woman. You? <laughs> <laughs> that's a grown woman. Now, now, does she, she have your kids with her? 
Oh, just one of them. <laughs> so, so yeah, I definitely would want my wife and kids I, to be out I, in listen, 100 degree no, weather. No, it's not 100 degrees yet. I'm checking real quick. It's only, yeah, what, it's 93. It's <laughs> only 93. It's a balmy 93 right so now. So can you, can you fix the car? Like, are you like a... Are you a, oh hell no! Does he look like somebody that can <laughs> no, fix the car? I, I just wanted confirmation, but <laughs> no, but I can, I can pick her up and take her home, right? Yeah, and wait for here. I'm actually I'm making I'm I'm texting right now. Do you want me to leave? And let's see what the answer is. If she says yes, do you think the two of you guys can handle this with yeah, Chloe? Yeah, we got this. Are you sure? I don't know. Sometimes you guys have these takes, and I just want to make sure that I'm here. You know, we've done shows without you before. Stop saying that. <laughs> I, I, I feel as if, and then whenever you guys do, you know I'm listening just in case something goes horribly yeah, wrong. Yeah, text from Jerry as he listens to the show. Great show. You guys did a really good job. <laughs> did I really text that? No. <laughs> I, <laughs> I was going to say, I don't ever remember hearing that at no all. way in hell I texted that. You told that. me that, though. Did I say it out loud? Yes. So See, pl- there's no record of it. That's, plausible yeah. deniability. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> My mama told me a long time ago. True story, by the way. I got busted. Writing a note to a girl who wasn't my girlfriend. It was like fifth grade or whatever. Or, so you were cheating. Or I was 32. I don't know. One of the two. <laughs> but I, I was. I got caught uh, writing a note to a girl who wasn't my girlfriend. And it just all hell broke loose. It, just, it, it broke bad as, a, as you would think it would. Right. I remember telling my mom what happened at school and all that. Go- oh, no. so that's when you learned. Um, not to, that, that's why you're not texting this great show. My mom told me, don't ever, don't ever leave a trace. Don't and I'm like, thanks, Ma. That's you know, if there's anything right that you could teach me, that that's good right there. All right. Uh, she did not answer the question. She said, "I tried to drive it again, and it's not okay." So I may have to take off after this segment. Okay. Okay. So that might be a thing. Uh, and then two, you guys can lead it up all the way up to the uh, classic game, the classic OU game. Uh, and I asked the uh, Hall of Famer Randy Heights which game it was, and he was like, "I don't know. Let's find out." <laughs> it's not. Is it going to be one of those SEC games that, that the fans <laughs> want so much? <laughs> See what I mean? That's why are you doing that? There was a guy that said that uh, we play a lot of classic games, but we're playing. <laughs> we play a lot of classic games against subpar Big Twelve. Oh yeah. Why don't they right. play? Why don't they replay gotcha. the, the Alabama game or the LSU game? Right. Or the, right. Don't worry. Don't worry. It's coming soon enough, guys. Like And you know what? Let's go ahead and spend the rest of this uh, segment talking about that real quick. Uh, I don't know. Once again, you're a Thunder outsider, Thunder insider, right. whatever. But I don't know what your investment is in, in Oklahoma, Big 12, or college football. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm I, I'm a big fan of college football, of really, honestly, any team from Oklahoma. I'm, I'm a big Sooners fan. I mean, that's, that's where my loyalty lies as far as college football, college sports goes. But I also root for the Cowboys. You're one of those. Yeah, I mean, like, it's a team from Oklahoma. I don't get rooting against them. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely a big OU fan, and and I follow it closely. I can talk about it. So when Bedlam happens, who are you rooting for? Oh, OU. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely an OU fan. I don't know. I'm, I'm an OU guy. You're wearing an orange shirt today. It's a Thunder shirt. Daniel, what uh, color is his shirt? <laughs> yeah, not my ear. You can say it on air. <laughs> it looks... Orange, it's there's orange. like a dark window. <laughs> Trust me, on this side, it's orange. Hey, look, he also looks black, so. 
Are you? Uh, That's my vantage point. So. so are you? Uh, okay. So are are you are you big on on Venables coming in? Is this oh, exciting on, yeah. to you? Oh, absolutely. And then how how hurt were you? And I was going to use a part of your body. Uh, how hurt? But heartbroken. I'll use for you. How heartbroken were you whenever Lincoln Riley took off? I mean, I definitely had FOMO with Venables at Clemson and seeing what a great defense they had and knowing that he could have been here for for those really really good. OU teams that could have used a better defense. So I was really, really excited to get Venables. I think he's great for the program, great for the culture. He's he's a Sooners guy, and I think he's a great coach. I think he's a players coach, but I also think like bringing like back toughness, hard nosed. Uh, I'm excited to see our defense again. Uh, but as far as Lincoln Riley goes, I mean, yeah, obviously I was upset. Um, here's what I've always said about Lincoln Riley. This was before he was gone. I think he was a great recruiter, one of the best recruiters in the country, and I think he was a good coach, but I didn't understand how they kept underperforming with all the players that they had. And it's I think it's ironic because he says that he didn't have the top-notch players. And my whole thing was like, you had like the best player. You had a guy that went number one overall in the NFL draft two years in a row, won a Heisman Trophy two years in a row. You had great receivers. You had a great offense. Uh you know, and and like the the defense just wasn't up to par, and I don't think it was on the recruits and the athletes. So, so that was my thing. I think he was a great recruiter and a good coach. But I always wondered if he was a little bit of. And this isn't like a hindsight. I'd, I'd said this back in the day. I just didn't have a platform because I've never talked about OU football. Uh, I, I did. I did an OU show like twenty years ago on the radio. It's oh, been that long. Really? Yeah. yeah. Long time. I, it's hard to believe that you were actually working 20 years ago. Yeah. I was, I, just, I was a young little college pup. Um, okay, so I want you to, and then Dan, you can jump in here too, the parallels between Lincoln Riley leaving and uh, KD leaving. Aren't, yeah. there, aren't there some? Yeah, there's a lot of parallels. There's some, some I, really big time parallels. I mean, you know. Both made the right decision. No, they absolutely did not. <laughs> they, they, no, <laughs> well, absolutely it, did not. It worked out for KD. Did it though? He won two championships. He won won two championships. But but if you look at his legacy, and if you look at like his happiness level, it seems like he's probably going to be unhappy no matter what. He just seems (laughs) like that's that that kind of guy. That may be true. Uh, I don't know. Uh, They both took the easy road for for easy titles. I mean, it's it's definitely. I mean, now you know, supposedly USC is going to you know change conferences. It'll be rougher than maybe Lincoln expected. Uh, Do you think he knew? Do you think you knew that they're no, going to change? No I, don't way think, yeah, I don't think you knew either. I think you did. I don't think you did. Like, they they think, both left Oklahoma teams to go to California to chase easy wins. That's the way I look at it. I think yeah, I think he knew because this is not something that probably happened overnight. Like they didn't say, "Yeah, we're probably thinking of going to the SEC." I mean, the Big Ten uh, in in March. Like they were probably saying, went to him in the interview, were like, "Hey, so." We're probably going to be trying to go to the to the Big Ten. Is that still something you're still on board? Do you still want it? And he's probably said yes. This is a better state, better job, or at, at worst, equal job. I think it's a better job considering where it is. It's not a better job. At worst, it's equal. Did you just say it's a better state? 
I mean, what is the matter with I'd you? I'd rather man? live in California. Would you? <laughs> yes. Would you really? If, well, if money is not an object, which is clearly you like eight dollar avocados. I mean, what, what money is an object? Do you like, do you like to spend ninety percent of your free time trying to find a parking spot? Money or in do you traffic? Think he's worried about a parking. He has a parking spot that's for him. How's your foot speed? Can you out? Uh, can you? Yeah, he can, has a golf cart. Probably. Can you outrun a forest fire? Because they happen there every do other you think week. Lincoln Riley has to deal with forest fires. No. Like you're talking about the stuff that regular people have to deal with. Uh, like as a regular person, no, I wouldn't want to live in California. But as somebody where money is not an object, yes, I would rather live in I, California. I I lost a girlfriend because I wouldn't move to California from Oklahoma. <laughs> no, I, I let her go. No, I, was like, I'm, I'm not, no I helped I helped her move into her apartment in L.A. I was there for a weekend. I was like, I am not living here. No disrespect. I'm in Oklahoma. <laughs> was you're not a regular. You were a regular person though. Yeah, like, and money I is a, money is. A, <laughs> he gets past it. Well, I think you're a bit more successful now. <laughs> oh, well, I appreciate that. Money, like money, was an object. Like you, you have to worry about money if you're going to be living. I don't care who and you have you to worry are. about regular people. Think I don't. Lincoln Riley can. If Lincoln Riley doesn't want, I don't to, care who you if are. Lincoln Riley money is an issue in California. Not. If Link, no, it's not. You think money is an issue to LeBron? No. You think money was an issue to KD? No. Well, that was it was it, Oakland. Is that California? I don't know if you passed uh, geography when you were in school, but that's California. I took it twice, so yes, I did. My bigger issue is him saying it was a better job. I like like, better job considering where it is. But that just goes back to to like like, just look at better job. Like say what? Both blue bloods. You're going to be both blue bloods, but California is a better recruiting state. OU's a OU's a Bonafide blue blood. USC is like a maybe blue blood. Who's like won, they're on like that edge. Who's won a national title more recently? Oh, wow, God. wow. <laughs> who's, who's who's had a over five hundred season more recently? Real because quick, of Lincoln Riley. Real quick, my wife is saying it's kind of getting hot. We're talking about gas prices in L.A. and your wife is just sitting on the side of the road in 93 degrees. What are you doing here? Get out of here. When we get back, these two are going to continue. And they're going to play nice for two segments because I'm not here to moderate. I did not pick this. You didn't? No. I just assumed I heard MJ. I heard Chloe nice. did. Nice, Chloe. I know since, a little bit about music. Since Jerry's not here, we can just let it play. You're going <laughs> to play Michael Jackson for the rest of the time. <laughs> I mean, we, we we lost Jerry from the show and we added MJ. I mean, that's a, that's a net positive. <laughs> See, look at you. Being, always being positive. The ray of sunshine. <laughs> Not sure what we're supposed to talk about besides thunder. I asked Jerry if I'm supposed to come up with the the map for the show. He said, "No, it's my show." Oh, and then he took off. Yeah, and then he leaves. <laughs> no, in his defense, he left for a good reason. He did, but, but we still don't know what we're talking. There's there's plenty still here to talk about with the thunder. It's it's the off season, and there's not a lot going on because this is the true off season. Like the thunder haven't played in a while. Since April, but you had the lead up to the draft, then you had the draft, then you had uh, the summer league, and now like things are really at a standstill, and we really won't hear much until September. Especially, you know, we got the Kenrich Williams extension. What do you think about that deal? I'm not surprised. It's probably fair for both teams. It's a trade. It's good enough money for him, and then it's a tradable contract for the Thunder. 
So, like, if Kenrich, for whatever reason, I don't think there's going to be a reason, but if something happens and say, yeah, I want, I want out, they can. It's an easier contract to trade. But like I said, I don't think that's going to happen. And then him, he, I mean, he gets a nice pay bump, and I mean, it's win-win. It's very- he deserved it. Yeah, he he absolutely deserved. It. I I think it's a steal of a contract, really. I think, uh, but like you said, it's it's a big pay bump for him, and especially getting four years. Uh, but for the Thunder, it's such a good deal. He was a guy that yeah. you know was was coveted at the trade deadline last year. He's he's such a good defender. Obviously, everybody knows about his his hustle and his energy and things like that. But his defensive numbers are really really good, and the Thunder are a lot better when he's on the court. But he's also a positive offensive player as well he had a down year shooting from three this year but normally he's a he's a positive three-point shooter um he's just a smart player uh well respected in the locker room and it's very rare i can say this so i'm gonna say it, daniel i i got some sources <laughs> i got some sources this is a true story uh that reiterated to me that kenrich williams really does want to retire here in oklahoma city like you know he came out and said that last year uh but according to my source, he really does want to retire in Oklahoma City. Like he loves it here. He loves the culture. He loves the team. And and this extension was was part of that desire to stay stay here in OKC. Is this like that meme where it says sources? Just believe me, bro. <laughs> is that what it is? No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But no, I mean, I wonder what it is about OKC. I, I'm not. This is not a dig at OKC or the Thunder because I absolutely love it here. I like living here, um, but I wonder what it is for a young basketball player. Is what he's or twenty six or twenty seven somewhere around. Yeah, there. I think he just turned twenty seven. And what is it about OKC that made him want to stay? Like, was it the city? Was it the team? Was it a com- combination of both? Like, you just because you don't hear guys say, "Yeah, I want to retire here." Yeah, typically, you know, it. When players here in Oklahoma City love it here and they want to stay here, it's a combination of the, the organization and the culture. I think is very, very big. Like you know, the way that they treat their players is is top notch. And I do think there's something to be said about the community here and the fans. Uh, players really, really love the community and fans here in Oklahoma City, and and you know, just kind of the love that they get from the fans. And then you got a guy like Kenrich Williams. It's it's kind of like Nick Collison in a way, who's a role player. But is embraced so much by the city because they love those kind of like blue collar. He's high energy. His nickname is Kenny Hustle. Hustles all the time. Like the way he plays is really embraced by I think OKC and OKC fans, and I think that he appreciates that. It's just so weird. He went. He, I think he was in New Orleans, and I would think he would love it there more. Uh, that's definitely a great city. But and then like he came here during the COVID time so he couldn't really get out and do anything like the players are so restricted so like you can't have that much interaction with fans it's just very interesting I want to do a case study on it to see (laughs) why it is that players because he I mean he's the only one Mike Muscala loves it here yeah Chris Paul loves it here yeah he does I mean, yeah, Russ loves to hear you. Like, yeah. built a house. His wife yeah. uh, had a store here. I don't know if he's still here, but she like had a store here. Yeah, Noah's um, Ark. Yeah, like it's it's just just mind. It's so weird that like well, I wouldn't there, say there weird. Are... Weird is probably the wrong word to use, considering it has a negative connotation. But interesting is yeah. I, I mean, term. I really do think there's a lot to be said about you know the city, the fans, the community, and the organization. Like, look look. It, once you start branching out and looking at some other NBA teams and what a mess like their front offices are and what a mess and like how they treat some players and what they'll publicly say about players and how they'll throw 
players under the bus or how some fans will treat, you know, boo players or, or you know, treat them a certain way. Just say Laker fans in the Lakers. <laughs> <laughs> Just, that's what you're trying to say. You can read from it what you want to read from it. You know, so it's, you know, for, for some players, it's not all about, like, you know, the bright lights and, you know. Again, the, just say the Lakers. <laughs> no, it's, it's, more than, it's more than just the Lakers. Uh, and the Knicks. Too. <laughs> yeah, well, the, definitely lump the Knicks in as well. But it's more than just that. So, I mean, I, I think there's a lot to be said. You know, for for those things, kind of the intangibles, I guess, of an organization. I think that the Thunder, where they lack in you know nightlife, or according to Paul Gasol, you know, opera houses, <laughs> they make up for in, in other areas. Speaking of guys that are going to be on the team, uh, Derek Favors is still on this roster, which is probably a little surprising to a lot of people. But I don't, I'm not really that surprised, given his contract. You're not, especially after you buy out. Um, to Michael Green, Green. Uh, I don't think you're going to buy out two guys, and then you kind of need him now with to go against those older guys. I mean, those stronger guys. It's fascinating to me. Like we can talk about this. This is a good segment to figure out because one of the big questions is who's going to make this team and who's not. Because they still got to get rid of three players. I mean, they they got rid of Jamichael Green, but we saw that coming. There's still three too many guys on this squad. And there's so many that you know that are nailed down, absolute. They're not going to be off of this team. So barring a trade, to me, there's one open spot that comes down to Derek Favors, like you said, Teo Maladone, V. Krejci, and Ty Jerome. I think there's one spot for those four players, and that's. I think you can make an argument for each of them. You just made the argument for Derek Favors, which is a valid argument. But then I think you can make a, an argument for Veet that he's kind of showed the most upside. But then Teo Maladon, you spent that, that high second rounder on him, and he's, he showed flashes his rookie year and then the last part of the season last year. And then Ty Jerome, you can make the argument that he's one of SGA's best friends. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he is, and he is a good shooter. He didn't show it last year, but the year before, he was actually one of the Thunder's best role players. So you can make an argument for each of these guys. Like, because if you go through the rest of the roster, none of those guys, like, you can't get rid of Aaron Wiggins. You can't get rid of Darius Baisley for just nothing. You can't get rid of, there will be some arguments, but Poku is still too young, and they invested too much in him. Uh, you can't get rid of Poku. I think it's really going to come down to one spot for those four players. Speaking of Ty Jerome, it's a funny story, and then we'll get back to getting rid of the players. Um, we were at uh, in Vegas in the before the Thunder played. There's like a little section uh, behind the goal where the media sits, the home, the uh, beat writer media sits, and we're just waiting for the. I think this is a camera who was playing before them. We're waiting for them uh, to finish. And like it's this is why I love Vegas. The summer league is so laid back. So we're just sitting there next to Ty Jerome, and I'm talking to Nick Crane, me and Christine about the media game. And he was interested. He was like, he would like, he was like, where is it? Where is it going to be at? He's really? Like, oh, that's very interesting. Yeah. So that's we should have invited yeah. him out. Uh, well, he would have been on our team. <laughs> but, but but I think Ty Jerome and Teo are two guys that are for me. I think they would probably be for sure gone because. One, there's a logjam at the guard spot. There is. There's way too many guards on this team, and like all the guys that are ahead of them. And then two, you already have de- those two guys in other other players. Like Teo is kind of a lesser version than than Josh Giddy. You're not going to play him over him. And then Ty is kind of a lesser version than Aaron Wiggins and uh, Kenrich. So I mean, you don't really need 
that many guys doing the same thing. I don't think that really works. So those two guys are probably gone, and then it then it comes down to Veet versus versus favors favors, and if if you're gonna like you have you're gonna there are gonna be situations where you say yeah we need favors. He's a veteran. He knows how to defend in the paint. Like he's he's still I, I think he's still a positive paint defender. Whereas Veet, what what situation are you saying yeah we gotta play Veet? Outside of we need to develop him, and you already have fourteen other guys that you have to develop before him. Yeah, the thing with Derek Favors that's interesting is if they were to buy him out, all of a sudden you don't have any decent contracts to trade. Let's say the trade line comes up, trade deadline comes up. He's really the only vet on the team that's making any sort of substantial salary that they can trade away to get something in return to get an asset back. Because everybody else is making like two million bucks, three million bucks. Hey, SGA yeah, is making a lot of money. Yeah, but they're not going <laughs> to trade him. Like the guys that you could possibly trade, like when you're coming down to those final spots, or guys that you could trade. So there's some value if you, if you're looking towards the future. Even if you're like, hey, Derek Favors is too old. I don't want to play him over any of these young bigs. Uh, there's some value in just having that contract and maybe being able to trade it. And do like you said, do you want to, you already bought one guy out at eight million? Well, really five point five million because he gave some of it back. Uh, do you want to buy another guy out at ten million? Ultimately, it really doesn't matter because they're still going to be you know under the the salary cap. But I do wonder if they would keep him if for no other reason, even if it's not for on court reasons, just have a decent contract to trade later. Yeah, I mean, and then if you're gonna try to trade him, well, you got to play him because no, I mean, unless unless you just a throw in to a team that's trying to rebuild or something like that to expiring contract. So, I mean, that makes sense. So you don't necessarily have to necessarily have to play him. But so I mean that like, it's just, you're talking, you're talking me more into keeping Derek favors over everybody uh, else. But I don't even mean to, because if it was me, I'd probably keep either Veet or Maladone myself. If I was to pick I, for their upside, for the potential, yeah. like the possibility that they turn because they're young. I really don't see, I really don't want to play. I like Derek favors just fine. I just don't. He does. He's not long for this team. He's not going to be here at the most past this season. And you want to play the young guys. And there's so many bigs. The the Thunder has so many bigs now. Like obviously Chet Holmgren, Jeremiah Robinson, Earl, uh, the second Jalen Williams, Darius Baisley, Poku. I mean, all these guys are are going to play at the four or the five. I, I just don't see where the minutes are for. For Derek Favors over those guys, if it's Mike Muscala, if he plays, yeah, he should. If it's if it's somebody that I want the Thunder to keep, it's definitely Teo because I'm still like I was joking with Joe Masato. I was like, yeah, I'm still very high on Teo. I think he can be a a starting point guard in the league. And Joe was like, yeah, you're alone on that. I, I, <laughs> so, I don't think he, I, I, I don't think he can be a starting point guard think, in the league. I'm, think, I'm, I'm, I'm with Joe on that, but I do think that he can be a backup point guard in the league still. He's still very, very young. He was one of the youngest players last year and he's shown enough flashes. Uh, he struggled uh, this past year, but his minutes were so inconsistent. And then those last like 10 games he played, he was really good. If the Lakers get rid of Russ and for Buddy Heald and uh, Miles Turner, I would definitely love, Ty, I mean, Ty, Teo as a starting point guard on the Lakers. Like, he yeah, got who the, would be the start if, if they get rid of Russ? Who is the starting point Austin guard? Austin Reeves, maybe. 
Or are you going to put LeBron at the point guard? Like, exactly. Probably. Yeah, see? 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 I just talked you into Teo being a starting point guard in the league. Well, you didn't say for the Lakers. That's different from in the league. (laughs) (laughs) How is that different from in the league? I'm just messing with you. Uh, Just because it's the Lakers. Do you think that, uh, well, we'll just talk about, do you think that Miles Turner and uh, Buddy Hilt for Russell Westbrook is a is a positive for the Lakers. I, mean, I think it's even. I don't think like it doesn't make the Lakers contenders because one, you take Russ. This is what people don't understand. You take Russ off, that means you're putting the ball in LeBron's hands more. And this is not thirty year old LeBron. He's thirty eight in, in year twenty. Yeah, he's going to be doing too much, and I don't want that. Unless you go get a point guard, you need you're going to need a point guard to take the ball out of LeBron's and somebody that he he trusts. And there's not there's not that many guys that he trusts. So, I mean, you take the ball out of his hands, his assists will probably go up again, but his points are going to go down. He's going to get tired again in the late fourth quarters when we really need him to close the game. And then, and then you have Buddy Hill, great three-point shooter, but he's a little bit inconsistent at times. Miles Turner can, can stay on the floor because he's sometimes hurt or foul trouble. And he's kind of a liability offensively, but he's a great defender. But, I mean, there are just so many people that just look at Russ and say, we got to get rid of Russ and bring in these guys and don't think about the other the, the other side of right. like who you're bringing in and what how it affects everybody else. That's that's what I thought was so bizarre about the whole trade Russell Westbrook for John Wall thing. I was like, yeah, that, that, Russell Westbrook's yeah, always been better. Like John Wall's yeah. a great player, but Russell Westbrook's always been better. And John Wall hasn't played him forever, and John Wall, you know, has a longer injury history. Like I, I that that made zero sense whatsoever. And as far as like their their positive and negatives about each of those players, that they're kind of the same. Like, but Russ is just a better version. Like, it never made any sense to me. Laker fans aren't the smartest, except for me. <laughs> so, uh, all right. So last last get back to the to the roster. If you had to make a prediction, if it does come down to Teo Maladone, Ty Jerome, Derek Favors, and Vic Krejci, who do the Thunder keep for the last spot? Who's your guess? Favors. I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna say Vite. Really? I'm gonna take a dark horse, yeah. I'm gonna yes. take I'm gonna take I, I I just think upside, I think he's shown enough that they'll have a hard time letting him go. But 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 I agree the Derek Favors thing is weird just because of the, the money and the contract on my I think. And honestly, what I think is going to end up happening, there might be like a, a two-player trade, like where the Thunder send out two guys and get one guy back, and they're able to kind of consolidate in that way. I think something like that might end up happening. This is the Thunder. I think, are we officially the Outsiders? I don't know if Jerry clarified that. This is the Thunder Outsiders show without Jerry, so we're much better. Um, we're going to come back, talk about the Thunder more, <laughs> close it out, and then get ready for to give out some buckets because that's what I'm all about. This should be playing when we walk into the gym or when the other team walks into the gym because it's definitely going to be a jungle and I'm the lion. You know what? You know what I want to play when we walk out in the gym we're playing the other media guys? I want to play the uh, the Chicago Bulls intro music, the <laughs> Alan Parsons Project song. That's like To me, that is like the most iconic like walking out intro music there is. <laughs> I'm gonna find that real quick. <laughs> that is pretty good. It's either between that and um, um, the N- NBA on NBC. 
Oh, uh, yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. That can be, or like one of the NBA on NBC intros, too. Yeah. And then play the Chicago Bulls. That's pretty good. <laughs> we should go into production. We should. Is it? I think Chloe is in charge of all this side of it, isn't she? Where's she at? She I don't know. Here? She took off. Her stuff is still here. But welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you were pulling up. Yeah, so what we're talking, we're going to play some OKC media like Daniel, me, Jerry Ramsey. Uh, Matt Burton, Drake, we're kind of teaming up as a franchise pickup basketball team, and we're taking on some other OKC media members later on today. So we got to work out all our uh, all our intro music because that's that's more important than what what happens on the court. Serious or not serious? Sorry, uh, Jerry uh, Irwin. I think that's how you say it. Sorry, I'm saying it wrong. Irwin, however you say it, uh, says, "Do y'all really hoop?" Yeah, <laughs> we really did well. It depends on on who he's asking about. <laughs> no, we really do. We really do. Uh, we really do play ball. Uh, I I play a lot. I play all the time. Uh, Dan, you play quite a bit too, don't yeah, you? You just don't invite me. Oh, that is not true. <laughs> I invited you and Jerry for a good minute, like like every weekend we for a few weekends. Busy, I, though. I kept getting rejected, so I stopped. I stopped inviting. We were kept, always busy. It, let me tell you some of the. The excuse well, I was I always heard. busy getting a haircut. No, I think I that was getting a haircut. <laughs> I was getting my hair done. Getting your hair done, my bad. Getting your hair done. Uh, what else did you use? I can't That's the only one. I think you used that like four times. I think I was out of town a couple of times, but yeah, getting my hair done. That's important. Yeah, Jerry's yeah. reason is usually uh, mother said said no. <laughs> <laughs> so he's the bigger loser of the two of us. But yeah, we really do hoop. Now, the question is going to be like, do the other members of the OKC media hoop that we're playing against, do they hoop? I don't know. We're about to find out, though. And Irwin, we don't just hoop. We're actually good. Me, Brandon, Reeves, uh, Drake, and Matt. Jerry. Jerry is solid. I wouldn't say he's good, but he's solid. I would but, say Jerry is better than you expect yeah, Jerry yeah, to be. Okay, yeah. Jerry is better. That. Now that he's he's probably actually helping his wife now. I don't think he's probably driving anymore, so we can say something nice about. I think he's better than expected. Like, yeah. right? I mean, that's. I think that's as much as I want to say about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, he is, he's definitely better. He he has he's an intangible player. Yes, like he's not the defender uh, Patrick Beverly is, but he's kind of like Patrick Beverly. He's like a pest. He's he has some old man strength. He runs. He has a lot of energy for some reason. I don't know where he gets it from, but yeah, he's he he's, he has some good intangibles. Yeah, he, he his basketball IQ is not all there, but his, <laughs> the best thing about playing ball with Jerry though is is the on court trash talk. Like <laughs> like that's where his like you know if it was like a a draft prospect and you know how they have, they have the ratings on each thing like sh- uh, jump shot like eight out of ten like defense seven out of ten. Like, Jerry's trash talk would be 10 out of 10. My favorite, my, well, the funniest moment I've ever had on a basketball court, I was playing with Jerry, and it was it was game point. He was on my team. He's wide open, gets a pass from three-point line, shoots it. As he's shooting the ball, he yells, ball game. He airballed it by about four <laughs> feet. Like, it wasn't like a barely airball. He, like, really, really air. He didn't even touch the net. Uh, first time I've seen like ten grown men playing ball, like just stop and laugh, laugh at a dude for a while. <laughs> it's pretty hilarious. That doesn't make him sound good at all. 
<laughs> that was both his best and worst moment. Hopefully, Nick Crane is listening as he drives up, and he listens to this and thinks that we're not that good, so he can take us lightly. I mean, the best thing, Jerry really thought that ball was going in. That's what made it so funny. He was he really thought it was going in. He probably thinks everything is going in, <laughs> which is, I mean, that's good to have. Yeah. But back to the Thunder. Don't really know. Like, we've talked about... Have we talked about everything concerning the Thunder? I mean, here, okay. here's, here's... I have something. Yeah. I, 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 did, I did have something. There's been a lot of talk lately about... S, uh, surprise, surprise. SGA getting tired. Do you think that... And give an honest answer. Do you think that he would... If... Not, not now, but if the Thunder continue to lose, you think that he will eventually get tired? I don't think that those two things would line up. Like, if the Thunder's still losing in three years, yes. Like, if they're still, you know, tanking in those things. Yeah, obviously. I mean, he's a he just turned 24 years old. He is an all-star worthy type player. And so, yeah, you want to win. But from everything he said, I mean, and he's addressed this many times, many, many times. And he said he's very excited about the future. He says that Sam Presti and Martin Daniel are completely open with him, with the plans for the future. And I think everybody sees that. I mean, Presti's been pretty clear. It's been pretty clear this whole time that next summer, the 2023 summer, when there's new CBA rules and the Thunder have clean cap sheet, uh, that's when they're going to kind of push in the chips and really, really try to make a run here. And so I think SGA knows this. And, you know, from from everything he said, he's he's excited, not tired, you know, at all. And and people forget he went to the playoffs his first two seasons. He went to the playoffs with the Clippers. Then he went to the playoffs his first season with the Thunder. Uh, and then his first season with the Thunder, he legitimately got hurt and got shut down the second half of the season. Uh, then this past season, yeah, they, they shut him down uh, because they needed to get Chet Holmgren. And now that you got Chet Holmgren, I mean, I, I think they're going to be a more competitive team this season. And I think that you'll see that, you know, the, the I'm not going to compare this team to early era, you know, Katie, Russ, James Harden. But as far as development and growth, remember like that second half of the first season in Oklahoma City where you're like, whoa, okay, we can kind of see the future here. We see like growth from Katie and Russell Westbrook and they started win some games and they looked competitive. I think this is going to be that bridge year where the Thunder – it's not going to be like the last two years. I think that you'll see that growth. You'll see the development. You'll see, like, you know, adding Chet is huge. I think adding Jalen Williams is big. But then the development of Josh Giddy, uh, Lou Dort's getting better every season. Then, of course, SGA, you know, he's, he's already ready. Uh, I think that that will be exciting to fans, but also internally within the team, they'll see that development. And I really think the next season, uh, you'll, you'll see a playoff worthy team next, like the, 2023 2024 not 2022 2023 i'm glad you bring that up because it's like i i got into this game late so i like i had some follow, just basketball fan followers from other teams and then i finally started to get some thunder fan followers but but i so i have a good mix and like the consensus from non-thunder fans is the thunder just gonna suck like they're trying to suck again on purpose and they're going all in on Wimbamiana and even all the the mock drafts I've looked at a lot of them already for 2023 have the Thunder as top two they're either one or two in every mock draft already and that and those mock drafts are based on how people think the the teams are gonna go so is I am of the belief they're gonna 
try to win as many games as they can. And I think that they're going to be close to the play-in. And, uh, and until like they're officially eliminated, which I don't think is going to be until late in the season, then there's, there, I don't think they're going to sit anybody down. But, do you, is, I mean, is that, like, do you think that? Do you think that they're going to sit SGA, get it? Because I, I think it's, I think at some point you're, there is, okay, you're probably getting a little too greedy and and I don't think the basketball guys are going to reward them for being that greedy. Yeah, this draft is what makes it also interesting. Like the 2023 draft, because you have this prized guy in Wimbanyana who's who's supposed to be like the best prospect since LeBron James. So that kind of throws a, a wrench into it like that, that you're not sure just because he is so valued. But you mentioned this earlier in the show. This is a deep draft. And the chances, even if you're the worst team in the NBA, the chances to get Wimbledon is 14%. Yep. So, I mean, it's very, very low that you're going to win the top prize. But there's about 10 guys that are really good players I in this upcoming draft. I mean, yeah, I mean, this is a deep draft. So it kind of allows you to play competitively. Like you said, I think that the Thunder will play, try to win games, and they've got enough now between, look, between SGA, Dort, Giddy, Chet, that's a talented four guys. And you got guys like Kenrich Williams, Mike Muscala, Jalen Williams, if he plays well, Trey Mann, if he makes a jump. You've got some guys. You're not going to be the worst player, the worst team in the NBA. It's just not going to happen. You there, shouldn't be. You shouldn't be. You shouldn't be. Absolutely. And when you look at like how they perform, they exceed expectations. Like last year, they were a top 10 defense before they shut things down. Yeah, like that's, that's crazy. That's the like wild card. You have, right. you have Mike Dagnalt, who NBA fans have no idea who, is, who right. he is. But you have him, and he's shown that. He can coach defense. Like, that team should not have been a top-10 defense. Right. He's talking about age right. and then the talent that they have. Like, Dort and and Ty Jerome were probably – Kenrich and Kenrich and maybe Favors. Like, the only guys that you can say, okay, those are positive defenders. Then you have uh, Basley at a, a lesser degree who was, who was fantastic. But then everybody else, you're like, they're not a good defender. Like – like SGA wasn't supposed to be a good defender last year. Um, Giddy wasn't supposed to be a good defender last year, but he made it work. Like he made those guys buy into his defensive schemes, and they were like they like I said they shouldn't have been a top ten defense. But so you have him along with all that talent that they have, and I just think there's no way that they should be at the bottom of the standings. Like if we're talking about them tanking again. On purpose, then I think that's a problem. Yeah, I don't think it'll happen. And, and Sam Presti addressed this. He said that you know they're going to play to win games as long as they're in it. I mean that, and that's what you said. Like you know, once once they're officially eliminated, like kind of all bets are off. We'll see what happens. But as long as they're you know playing competitive basketball and still developing these guys, they're going to try to win. And and I think that you'll see that. And I don't think that. Okay, so let's say that they're playing competitive ball games. You know, they're let's say they're near the play-in, but not exactly in the play-in, uh, and then they kind of drop. Let's say they're like the 12 seed or something like that, the 11 seed, something like that. A shutdown this season, I don't think will be a shutdown like like before. I think it would be more something like you alternate, like okay, there's a back-to-back, get a use at this time or SGA use at this time or Chet. You know, you're a rookie. Let's watch your minutes. Let's give you this game off. I don't think it'll be like you're. Not playing SGA, Giddy, Jet, Door. I, I don't think it'll be anything like that. Um, and I do think the depth of this draft really, really does help. Because, yeah, you may not get Wimbanyana, 
But if you get the number 10 pick, that still could be a really, really impactful right, right player now, for the like future. Kellel um, Ware from Oregon, who's 7-1. Yeah. <laughs> so that's yeah. Victor Wembanyama like Right, like, exactly. So. That, it's a deep draft. That really benefits the like, Thunder this you season. Can, 29 teams are going to miss out on Victor. Right. That's, that's, a, that's a fact. Yeah. But the other teams are in the lottery are still going to probably get a good, really good player. Yeah. Like and like it, like and I'm and I'm not just saying that like there's this draft is so deep. You talked about the the uh, Thompson twins, Derek Whitehead, Derek yeah. Lively, yeah. Uh, Nick Smith, um, Scoot, uh, Scoot Anderson, uh, Amari Bailey. There's just so many guys in this draft that have superstar potential, and there's always guys that rise up during yeah, the college yes. ranks. There's there's some guys that we don't even know about right now. They'll end up being like Phillip, you know. Duke, Phillip, I'm sorry to talk about Duke, but uh, Kyle Filipowski, who's a, like a stretch four, and the Thunder would probably need a four. Like you, can, he can just come it right in. Like that's that's a guy I can see rising up because he looks like I've been watching all the Duke uh, off season workouts and everything. He looks like he really he really plays. So that's a guy that can rise up. So I mean, like, this, like I said, this draft is just so so deep. It is. And and what's nice, the Thunder added three lottery picks this season. Like, you know, that and that it was like mission and one was a number 2 pick. It was mission accomplished for last year. And and I think now that, you know, they've added so much talent from what they had and so much upside and potential from what they initially started. You know, they've only had two drafts that were, you know, rebuilding, tank whatever you want to call it drafts. You got Josh Giddy and you got Chet Holmgren as your big building blocks, but then you also got Jalen Williams and Usman Jang as other lottery picks, and then some upside guys like Jeremiah Robinson, Earl, and Aaron Wiggins, and then you got Trey Mann. Like you've you've added a lot of young upside the last couple of years. I think that this last season, we'll see where they end up as far as like play in versus not play in, uh, top of the draft or not. I think they'll end up with a high impact player next season, and then 2023, 2024 is when they push in the chips. I think that's the thing people don't realize is this is this was the second yeah. year for the rebuild. Like because the first year after Chris Paul, it really wasn't a you can't really, they were too good. Yeah, no, yeah, because you can't fault Pressy for that because one they were too good, and then you go into the draft, you can't rebuild with you would trade up for 17 and right. Uh, what was 34 was uh, Teo was it? Yeah, thirty four was ta- yeah. So like you can't you, you're not rebuilding with that. So that next year with the Josh Giddy and Trey Mann draft, that's the first like that's the first yeah. time uh Pressy could go into the offseason like this is how I want to shape this roster for the future. Right. So this like I don't think people understand like this is the second like yeah. the second rebuild year. Yeah. And it's I mean it's a process and they're I mean they're doing it the absolutely right way. But it getting a lot of negative attention for it. Yeah, that's what's so crazy. It's only year two, and people act like they've been tanking forever. That they've been losing forever. I'm like, they were in a game seven in the playoffs in 2020. Like that, that was not long ago. And then before that, they had a track record. They were the second most, you know, winningest team of that decade before. It's been two seasons of losing, and you have to do it if you're going to add. If you want to just be, you know, like a, a number eight seed or fighting for the play-in, they could do that easily, right away, with their assets that they have and with having SGA and Giddy. But they want to be a contender, and that's why they they're doing what they're doing. It's it's funny, like nobody ever talks about the Kings being bad. And yeah. there was a graphic that said 
no active NBA player has played the Kings in the playoffs. That is insane. Like that is so nuts. You think about that, how long LeBron LeBron's has been, in the, been league in the league for twenty years. Yeah, that is crazy. Like, and Melo's still in the league. Well, not really in the league, but he will end up being in the league. Still, probably. even if Melo is in yeah. the league, he hadn't played them in the playoffs. Yeah, it's crazy. So like you have all these guys in the league, yeah. and none of them have played the. The Kings. And nobody ever talks about them being bad in the dumpster fire of that franchise it is. But the Thunder are getting a lot of flack for being, quote-unquote, bad for two years. And there's three teams that were worse than the Thunder both years. <laughs> the Magic, the Rockets, and the Pistons yeah. were all better than the Thunder this year. Or worse than the Thunder this year. They were all worse than the Thunder last year. But for some reason, OKC... I, and I do think it's being a kind of a victim of your past success... Like because they were so good for so long, maybe that's why. Maybe it's a small market thing. I don't know. I don't know why the Thunder have become the the face of it. Uh, but those teams have been worse, and the Thunder are. On, I mean, really, if you want to make the argument taking versus non taking, I really like the futures for all four of those teams, though. Yeah. I mean, like they all have now some some top level talent, so it works. It it, it if if you if you continue down the road. See, this is where I have more faith in the OKC front office because of their past track record and Sam Presley's past track record. One, with drafting. Two, with being aggressive to get more talent. And then the on-court success. And you can't really necessarily say that about, uh, well, at least the Magic and and Pistons recently. I actually have more faith in the Thunder because of the franchise as a whole. Like, in hearing what guys say about the franchise. Like, you you haven't heard anything negative about uh, Clay Bennett. Right. But you've heard negative things about the Pistons owner. I mean, not the Pistons, uh, the Rockets owner. And the Thunder aren't firing coach after coach after coach, but the Pistons have, have been. Right. The Magic have been. So, I mean, like, there's no, like, there are any negative. I can't even think of, I can't even think of any player that's maybe KD. Uh, just saying that they didn't put enough around him and Russ. And that's probably the most negative thing that has been said about the Thunder franchise. And that wasn't and even KD, a, it was that, KD's burner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> so, yeah, like, it's... is so That's the reason why I have the most faith in the Thunder. Because, I mean, they are a really good franchise, and they players love coming here. And when they when they come in here, they, they stay. Yeah, they do. And look, SGA is here for the next five years. He didn't even ask for a player option on the fifth year, and the extension starts this next year. He just turned 24 uh, this month, and he is an all-star worthy player. So you got that to build with. You got Chet Holmgren, the number two overall pick. Uh, you got those are two like blue chip guys, and then Josh Giddy with how he performed last year, won four Western Conference rookies in the month. And then you got he's going to take a jump. Then you got Lou Dort, who's like an all defensive team type player. You got those four guys that are all twenty four or younger to build around. Then all these other guys. It's I don't know. It's it's a pretty exciting time to to cover the Thunder and to be a Thunder fan. Like you said, it's a pretty exciting time. He is the most positive person for a reason. It's the most <laughs> it's exciting time to be a Thunder. Right, no, I agree. Uh, <laughs> this is the most exciting time to be a Thunder fan. That was Brandon Rabar at Brandon Rabar on Twitter. I'm Daniel Bell at Basketball Guru D on Twitter. Jerry Ramsey is at TV's Jerry on Twitter. Coming up next is OU Classic. It is, looks like it's OU versus Florida State National Championship game. So nice, really? That should be a good one. Listen to that. And like I said, Thunder do you remember, Al- do you remember the, the starting quarterback for the Florida State team? Uh, 
Chris Winkie. That's what. Dang it! I, I should have said yeah. him. That's what I was gonna say. But Thunder Outsiders, see you next time.